Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Cool. Okay. Book 24. That's where we're at. I'll sign it for you if you'd like later. That's free of charge as well. I love this story, and I want to summarize the rest of the chapter so that uh, we can kind of get the overview of what's happened. So Jesus doesn't reveal himself to them, and I find it funny that they're telling Jesus what had happened to him, you know, and he's Jesus, oh, really, did that happen? Oh, my goodness. Then he says to them, oh, you foolish one, slow of heart to believe everything that the law and the prophets, and later on he opens up the Psalms as well, and he unpacks the scriptures for them. And then uh, they're, they're moving towards uh, the village, and Jesus makes as if he's going to move away, but they urge him to come in, and he comes in, sits with them, and then he breaks bread with them, and then in the breaking of the bread, they get this flash revelation of him, and he disappears, and, and they get all excited, and they, they hightail it back to Jerusalem, to the epicenter of the coming revival. And they talk to the disciples, and, and they're saying, oh, our hearts were burning within us as he opened up the word to us. And then, lo and behold, Jesus appears to them again, and they're all freaked out. We all think we'd love to get a real vision of Jesus, but they get a, 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 a personal encounter with Jesus. And these guys have been with him for three years, and they freak out. It's amazing what Jesus can be really like when he shows up like that. And then he speaks to them, and he reminds them that what had taken place had to take place, his death, his resurrection. And he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And then he said to them, don't leave the city until you are receiving the promise of the Father and are clothed with power from on high. And then he goes to heaven and then they begin to get on with the job. It's, it's a wonderful, and I find it a very encouraging uh, story. And I want to show you how Jesus takes a couple of guys, one called Cleopas, the other is unnamed. So if you think you're one of the great unnamed in the kingdom, Jesus still knows your name because he took the time to come alongside them. And so here's this wonderful encounter with the risen Jesus and they don't realize. And what we need to discover, these guys were disappointed. They were, they were disillusioned. They were they misunderstood the whole purpose of Jesus. They called him a prophet. They, they were with him and they didn't realize he was the son of God. Isn't that amazing? And, uh, and here they are walking along the road, chatting to themselves. Jesus shows up and begins to dialogue with them. And the first thing that we need to realize about Jesus is the grace of his presence. You know, sometimes we may be uh, going the wrong way. But the good news is Jesus is still going with us. You ever think that sometimes, you know, you've lost your way? Maybe this last 14 months or so, you've, it's been difficult on your mental health, your emotional health. Maybe it's been difficult in relationships. It may have been difficult financially because of work, etc., etc. And you're not feeling like you're, you're full of faith and power. And you've kind of lost that, that, uh, that sparkle. These two disciples had lost their sparkle and they were wandering the wrong way. They were walking the wrong way. They were going in the wrong direction. They were walking away from where the epicenter of revival was about to take place. And yet, 
Jesus still came alongside them and walked with them. I really want to encourage you today, if you feel you're not in a, in a very good path, my word of encouragement for you this morning is that Jesus is still walking with you. You may not feel his presence. That they didn't recognize him, but he was still walking with them. They didn't know it was Jesus, but he knew who they were. You see, sometimes when you're feeling low and you want to have a, a pity party, I don't know if you have pity parties. <clears throat> I occasionally have meaningful conversations with myself. Uh, my wife doesn't allow me to call them pity parties. If you're married, you'll understand that. <clears throat> and, and it's at those times when I feel low, I have to remind myself that Jesus told me he would never leave me nor forsake me. And you may not feel that this morning, but the truth is still the truth. Because I think sometimes in our Western world, we rely too much on our feelings we like to think we're spirit-led, but mostly we're emotionally led, if we're really honest. But we need to learn to <clears throat> hear from our spirit and understand with our spirit and allow Jesus to speak to us in the way that only he can. And they were going in the wrong direction, in their doubt, in their disillusionment, <clears throat> but he still went with them. I, it's like Peter. Peter had given up on himself. Remember in John 21, he you know, he'd blown it big time and publicly he made a big mess. I, I love Peter because if he did anything, he did it 100%. Even the wrong stuff, he always did it 100%. He, he, you know, I would love to be, uh, my role model would be Paul, but I'm more like Peter than Paul. And yet, you know, in his, in his mess, in his depression, in his feeling worthless, you know, and he got to the point where he said in John 21, I'm going back fishing. He was giving up on the call of God in his life and going back to what he used to do. But they went out all night and fished and caught nothing. You see, because when you try to do what Jesus hasn't called you to do, it'll be completely fruitless and frustrating because Jesus had greater plans for Peter and he hadn't given up on him either. And he called to him and the disciples when they were out in the boat and he ministered to Peter and he blessed him and restored him. You see, that's the grace of his presence. That's the grace of his presence for you today. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16, and you need to read it in either the New Revised Standard Version or the New King James or the Amplified. That's really good. The Amplified is really good. Because it says there in that verse, <clears throat> the Lord says, I will live in them and I will move amongst them. So I want you to begin to heighten your awareness this morning because you came in here and Jesus came with you, within you. He lives in you. You all believe that, don't you? <clears throat> Some of you are not convinced. Some of you believe that. Do you all believe that, do you? you may, I'm not asking you to feel it, you know. That's what the, you know, can you feel it? You know, that's, that's not the issue. <clears throat> but you know it's true. But as you came together this morning, there's something Another dynamic that takes place according to that text. He says, I will live, let me put it personally, I will live in you this morning and I will move amongst you. Silence is deafening. I want you to raise your expectation 
this morning that this isn't just a room full of people. It is a room full of people, but it's a room full of people filled with the presence and the power of Jesus. Because as we come together, he says, I will walk amongst you. In the Psalms, I believe it is, uh, the scripture says that the Lord is enthroned on the praises of his people. That's why worship is so important. It's not the prelude to the word. It's, it's absolutely vital that we worship him in spirit and in truth. And as we do so, there's this dynamic where the, the manifest, the tangible presence of Jesus is made known to us in a corporate setting. And so as we're together, he says, I will move amongst you. He's moving amongst you this morning. I want your expectation to be on par with the scripture, that he's here to minister life to you. And so the disciples were going the wrong way, but the grace of his presence walked with them. The disciples, they weren't seeking him. They were in kind of grumble mode, you know, miserable mode. They were sad, they were down. They weren't, they weren't bright and, and, and claiming it and naming it and claiming it and grabbing it and blabbing it and lipping it and gripping it. They, they weren't there. But Jesus was seeking them. You see, even when you're not seeking him, he's still seeking you. He's the one that leaves the 99 sheep to go find the one that's got lost. Maybe you feel lost this morning. Maybe you feel that you've, you've, you've missed it. Maybe you've messed up and nobody but you and the Lord knows about it. And that's quite okay because only you and the Lord need to know about it. But he's still seeking you. And if I could just add this, he's not counting your sins against you. 2 Corinthians 5. He's not remembering your sins. He, I, know, I love it how Jesus can choose to forget. It's not that he's got a bad memory. He chooses to forget. All he sees is you in the splendor of the righteousness of the robes that he's given you. You could say amen to that one. If you speak, you know, like I said, if you believe it in your heart, speak it with your mouth. Because you make agreement. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it shall eat its fruit. Make sure you're careful about what you're speaking. Years and years ago, um, have any of you heard of a pastor from Korea called Yonggi Cho? Yeah. yeah, he wrote a wonderful book. I have, my copy is almost falling apart. I read it often. It's called The Fourth Dimension. And he had lunch, one day Yonggi Cho had lunch with a Korean neurosurgeon. And the neurosurgeon said to Cho, we have recently discovered that the uh, speech center in the brain controls the whole nervous system. The speech center in your brain controls your nervous system. See, that's very important to consider what you say. Because what you say is releasing something. And we have such power in what we say as believers. We can speak the release of things. You know, the problem is, Job said it this way, the thing that I feared has come upon me. We need to be very careful about uttering stupid, nonsensical, unbelieving words. I'm guilty of it, but I'm trying to learn to remember that death and life are in the power of the tongue, that they that love it shall eat its fruit. Make sure you're speaking words that line up with the word of God. Now, I'm not being superficial about that, 
But I'm telling you to encourage you. So the grace of his presence was with them. They weren't going in the right direction, but Jesus still went with them. They weren't seeking him, but he was seeking them. And this morning, the grace of Jesus, it's, it's, it's so outrageous, it frightens some churches. My, my second book's called Free Love, but it isn't cheap. <clears throat> because the love of Jesus is so far beyond all that we can really imagine. It's so incredible. And it's only his grace that will truly motivate us to serve his purposes. You see, it says in 1 John 4 that we love because he first loved us. The only real motivation to serve the purposes of God, to seek his kingdom first, is his love pouring out on us, which produces a reciprocal response. You see, the law can't do that. Only love can do that. And we need to fall in love with Jesus and we'll spend a lifetime enjoying his love for us. So the disciples were beginning to maybe get a little hint the grace of his presence was with them. They weren't going in the right direction, but he still went with them. The 99 were left at home safe so he could find the one or the two in this case to bring them back to where they were supposed to be. They weren't seeking him, but he was seeking them. There's a wonderful verse in Hosea chapter 14, verse 4, and it says, I will heal their apostasy. I love that. That's amazing. I will heal their apostasy, and I will love them freely. Speaking of Israel, and, and that's the gospel in one sentence and in one word, freely, freely. This is what grace is all about because it's nothing about us. It's all about him and his loving us freely without restraint, unfailingly, unconditionally. If you don't like the word unconditionally, use the word unfailingly, without restraint. Let me say it in, in modern parlance. He's crazy about us. And we think, oh dear, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Well, well, you know, we need to get out of analysis and into romance. Because that's what Jesus is all about. He's romancing us with his love so that we are stirred by that love to follow him. The law is obligation. Love is the desire of our heart because of his love poured out on us. And so there's this grace of his presence ministering to these two guys on the road to Emmaus. But not only is there the grace of his presence, secondly, there's the revelation of his presence. You see, he had kept himself from being recognized. Sometimes Jesus, as it were, takes a step back just to see how real we are about walking with him. And in this instance, he just kept himself back from them. But in the midst of this walking and talking, verses 25 to 27, he begins to reveal himself. They told Jesus all that had been happening as if he didn't know. And they had only natural sight, not spiritual sight. You see, they called him a prophet, not the son of God. They had hoped that he would redeem Israel. They were thinking natural kingdom instead of spiritual kingdom. They didn't get it. You know, that's why they were called the disciples, the disciples. Duh. You know, we're all like that sometimes. And Jesus, oh, foolish and slow of heart. I mean, I'm right up there. I'm top of the class with slow of heart at times. But that doesn't put Jesus off, which is really good news for me. 
And so there's the revelation of his presence. He revealed himself to them firstly in the word. That's so important that it's firstly and foremost in the word that we will discover the revelation of his presence. Don't look in the first instance for the the mystical, although I'm really into it and I love it because it's all there in in scripture. But firstly and foremost, it's in the word that we will get a revelation of his presence. And I, I love it. This is the greatest Bible study in the history of the universe. Can you imagine it? Here's Cleopas and the unnamed one, that's you or me, sitting down with Jesus who wrote the book and begins to unpack the law, the prophets, the Psalms. That would have been some Bible study. Wouldn't you have liked to have been there? Yes, Barry. I think it's wonderful. But we can still be there as well today because right now he's here. And I want you to be encouraged as I'm talking to you. He might begin to just say something to you which may have absolutely nothing to do with what I'm saying, but that doesn't matter. That happens a lot when I'm preaching. Because his presence is here. And he's moving amongst us. And he began to give them the greatest Bible study ever. And and then it says in in verse 45 that their minds were opened. You see, we read the scriptures in the dark, say we read it through the lens of the Holy Spirit. If I have a problem with the church, and I can't have because Jesus loves the church, but let me just say this. I think in our modern uh, day and, and, and in church, we're awash with information, but we're not so awash with revelation. And we need to be people of revelation in the Word. <clears throat> and I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to open the Word to you. Don't just read it. Ask Him and read it until the Scripture begins to come alive. If, if, if you get to all those long lists of names, just... I know I'll get in trouble, but just gloss over the long names. Get to somewhere where you can actually get, begin to feel something rising in your heart. Because they said, did not our hearts burn within us? First case of spiritual heartburn in the Bible. And so they began to receive. Their minds were opened and their hearts were burning. Here's, Here's something for you. Some evangelicals are so closed-minded their ears are touching. Some charismatics are so open-minded their brains have fallen out. So we need to be somewhere in the middle of being sensible, Holy Spirit-filled believers. Flaky is not a word in the Bible. Although there's room for it sometimes. So he revealed himself to them in the word. So make sure, please make sure you are disciplining your life to spend time in the word because that's where Jesus will speak to you. Mostly. Not always, but mostly. That's where it becomes a life-giving force, if I can put it that way, within us. Burning hearts. And then... It says that Jesus acted as if he was going to move on, but they urged him strongly, stay with us. See, that's the test. When, when you're feeling like you're, it's, it's, are you serious about Jesus? Is your heart burning and do you want more? Is your heart burning? Do you want more? And so they urged him to stay. And so he went into the, the restaurant with them, the, the, 
the place where they were going to stay, I presume. And then it says he revealed himself to them in the breaking of bread. Wonderful. Wonderful. Was it a reminder, perhaps, of... Now, these guys must have been hanging around with the, the 12. Maybe they were part of the 70 wider discipleship group. I'm sure they must have been with Jesus when he fed the 5,000. Maybe they saw him break the bread when he was feeding 5,000, and it, it revealed to them his supernatural life. The way, for, for Jesus, supernatural is natural. And we need to learn to be supernaturally natural or naturally supernatural that's not just for the leaders. and It's for every believer in the body that we are naturally supernatural Christians. That, that, that supernatural dimension is, is in us and upon us because of the Holy Spirit. And he brought that reminder of a supernatural life. But, but I'm more, more likely, I would say, it was the Lord's Supper. That they must have been present, if not at the last Lord's Supper. Maybe at, at others, I don't know. But they, they, they saw something. There was a flash of recognition that, that transcended logic. You know, it was their eureka moment when they just suddenly, they knew it was Jesus. And I want you to suddenly know this morning that Jesus is here touching you. Maybe there's a sense of peace coming upon you, a sense of joy, a sense of warmth. You might be beginning to snore in the spirit, that's okay. It's this peace just prevailing over you. It's, it's wonderful to enjoy the rest that Jesus brings. And as they saw him break the bread and perhaps realized it was something he'd done at the Lord's Supper, there was that aspect of his sacrificial life that came to their attention. And they recognized him. So often we are living our Christian lives with our spiritual eyes closed. We only see in the natural. There's a great little story in 2 Kings chapter 6 where a, <clears throat> the king of Syria is attacking the king of Israel and unfortunately for the king of Syria, Elisha is getting revelation from the Lord about what the king of Syria is trying to do and warns the king of Israel. So the, the king of Syria gets really ticked off. And he, he finds out where Elisha is living in, in this city, and, and so he goes to attack him. And uh, Elisha's servant wakes up this morning, and he looks out, and he sees this Syrian army surrounding the city, and he is freaked out. And he turns to uh, Elisha, and he says, Woo! Or something like that, you know. And Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And then his eyes were opened, his spiritual eyes were opened, and saw a vast array of the Lord's army surrounding them. And then the Lord took care of the situation. But the issue is this, Lord, open my eyes that I might see. There is a dimension, as Cho calls it in his book, the fourth dimension. It's the spirit dimension. We are not... We are human beings, but we are spiritual beings. And we need to understand when we became born again, the Spirit of God infused our human spirit. We became alive in a dimension that we were not alive in before. And we have a, a way of perceiving and understanding that's outside of the five senses. And we need to learn to live in that. And I don't mean start walking with hover sandals and being all kinds of kind of stupid kind of Christian stuff. But, but becoming so you can begin to hear the word of the Lord and speak to people's lives. I was in a meeting 
in the States a couple of years ago, and, and as I was finishing preaching, I, I got, had this word for a lady, and, it, and the Lord just dropped this thought into my mind. When this lady was six years old, she had a traumatic event, and I said, okay, Lord, that's a bit strong, not sure, but I, I took the plunge. You see, that's, it's, it's taking the plunge, and I, I called her out, and I spoke to her, and I said, when you were six years old, you had a traumatic event in your life the Lord wants to touch. She said, when I was six years old, I was adopted. And it had been a traumatic event in her history, and the Lord blessed her and released her and all and so on. But you've got to begin to hear that still, small voice. That's living in the supernatural. That should be the norm for all of us. Raise your expectation. If he can use me, he can use you. And I mean that really, sincerely. So he had their eyes opened, and they recognized him, and they saw something in the spiritual realm. So they, there was the grace of his presence. They, weren't, they were going in the wrong direction, and they weren't seeking him, but he was with them and seeking them. Uh, there is the revelation of his presence that comes through the revealing of himself in the word, and then revealing himself in the breaking of bread. I take communion at least two or three times a week because I find this great power in declaring the remembrance of what Jesus did in the broken bread, the broken body, the wine, the blood. And I declare and I speak these things to myself, reminding me of what is powerful about the breaking of bread, the Lord's Supper. But then thirdly, and this, this is where it all kind of begins to wrap together, there was the transformation of his presence. You see, he gave them fresh passion. These guys were walking down the road. They had broken hearts. He gave them burning hearts. They were walking down the road with broken dreams. He gave them fresh dreams and destiny. They were walking down the road in desolation, and he opened up a whole new horizon of opportunity. They gave them a fresh passion. I've got a plaque in my study above my computer, and it says this, There are many things in life that will catch your eye, your natural eye. But only a few will catch your heart, your spiritual heart. Pursue those. We need to cultivate our spiritual heart. We need to learn to walk in the spirit. Now again, I'm not talking about heebie-jeebie weirdos. I'm talking about the reality of being a believer with the anointing of the spirit of God in us and upon us. You see, he told them that you're to stay in Jerusalem till the Spirit, the promise of the Father, comes upon you and clothed with power from high. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There's an in you and there's an upon you of the Holy Spirit. There's an in you to witness to you, comfort, assurance that you are a child of God. There's an upon you of the Holy Spirit to empower you for serving the purposes of the kingdom of God. That the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news, to set captives free, to heal the sick, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Luke 4, 18 and so on. This is what the anointing upon is about. And this is what we need, beloved. We need fresh passion. We need fresh direction. They were going the wrong way. And he, the encounter with Jesus turned them around. And went back to where they were supposed to be. He said, wait for the power that's coming, that's coming upon you, so you can be able to do the things that I've done. He gave them fresh power. 
Jesus wants to give us hope this morning. Jesus wants to refresh our hearts and encourage us with fresh vision because the last 14 months, some of us have been in the doldrums, the, the sails have gone down, the wind doesn't seem to have been blowing, but I want to say prophetically to you, to this church, the wind of the Spirit is beginning to blow afresh into your sails. You've got to receive this church. The wind of the Spirit is blowing afresh into your sails. So it's time for you to pull up the sail and get ready for the wind of the Spirit that's coming. May surprise you, may freak you out a little, but be ready, be ready. Because Jesus, as these disciples discovered when he turned up in the room, Jesus is always greater than our greatest expectation of him. If we will allow him, says that he couldn't do many mighty works in his hometown because the people, they just said, this is just Joseph's son. You see, we need to realize Jesus isn't the prophet only. He's the son of God. He's the risen son of God. He's the ascended son of God. He's poured out his spirit today on each one of you so you can rise up and catch the wind of the sail and the sails of your life for the fresh sense of purpose and direction that he has for you. Will you take hold of that today? I'm asking you a question. Will you? Will you take hold of what God wants to bless you with? Are you willing to say, whatever it is, Lord, I'm having it. I don't care I'm, I, if it embarrasses me, if it causes me to, to, you know, to try to walk on water. I'm going to do it because it's all for Jesus. And it's because of his grace. As we get filled more and more with this everlasting love of Jesus, as we get filled more and more with the wonder and the beauty and the magnificence of our Lord Jesus, the more we will want to serve him. And yes, you may let him down. You know the worst thing about my life right now is if I've let him down, I don't so much feel guilty, but I'm, I'm, I feel sad that I've disappointed perhaps what he's wanting from me. But it only motivates me. I don't get into condemnation. That's what the law will do to me. But grace will say, come on, get up, dust yourself down, and keep on going. I'm not counting. I'm not remembering. So why should you? It's time to rise up, church, and be who we're called to be. This is now the season for breakout, not just from pandemic. This is a season for the breakout of this church. The church. But this church is what I'm, who I'm speaking to this morning. So let's rise up. Let's rise up and be all that Jesus wants us to be. So what I want to do right now is just remind you, there's the grace of his presence. There is the revelation of his presence. There is the transformation of his presence. He wants to transform you because it's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit that mountains of opposition are removed. And we are here today to be empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve the purposes of God in our generation and see his kingdom come. Amen? Okay, I'd like you all to stand, please. <clears throat> First of all, I'd like to just pray for those of you who feel you've lost your way. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. God doesn't want to embarrass anyone. That's not his business. That's the devil's business. If you feel you've, you've lost your way and you feel like you're the two disciples, just put your hand on your heart right now, quietly as we're all just before the Lord. and. Say to your, and say, just say it in your heart, Lord, I need fresh vision. I need fresh momentum. Lord, I need you. 
And the word of the Lord is lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes, because I will show you, I will show you in these days what I have called you to. Be ready to hear my voice speaking, nudging, directing, giving you fresh vision. Father, in Jesus' name, for each one that this is speaking to, I just pray for a fresh, flowing, pouring out of your spirit of grace to reassure and to reestablish them in their calling and purpose for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Let your healing presence flow. Jesus came to bind up the broken heart. There's someone here this morning who's carrying a broken heart. There's a sadness that's pervading your, your spirit. And I want to speak to you today. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Today is the day when that sadness begins to lift off you. The spirit of heaviness is being broken off you now in Jesus' name. And there's a release of the joy of his presence. The rest of his presence settling on you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, receive that now. And now, for the rest of us, I want to pray for a fresh impartation of the promise of the Father, because we need that impartation, not just once, but every day. Paul said to the Ephesians, be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh anointing. We need a fresh blast of the wind of heaven to blow the cobwebs away, to blow freshness, and also to blow power into our lives. So just again, those of you who want to receive, just put your hand on your heart again. And I just want to pray and release the anointing. He comes in peace. He comes in rest. He comes in joy. He comes in power. He comes the way he wants to come, but be ready to receive him the way he wants to touch you. He's going to touch some of your minds with just just a sense of peace coming into your the turmoil that's been going on in your mind and I speak the anointing of the Holy Spirit on you right now each one of you Father let the Holy Spirit flow let the movement of the Spirit increase upon us as he moves amongst us let the anointing a refreshing anointing an empowering anointing Some of you are crying out to God that you're in desperate straits for help. Lord, answer the cry of the heart in this room this morning. Answer the cry of the heart this morning, Lord Jesus. Let your spirit be like a warm blanket wrapping around each one. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless you. I bless you now with the blessing of the Lord. As, as I said, he will make rich and he'll add no sorrow to it. Don't believe the lie that this is not for you. This is your time. This is your season. This is your moment. Take hold of it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.